Hello out there and welcome indeed to Story Shed, the storytelling podcast for children of all ages, adults too, why not? Nurses, Norwegians, napkins, anyone and everyone who wants to listen, come and join us for our new and original stories each and every episode. Continue to get in touch. Your messages mean the world to me. They really do. Storyshedpodcast at gmail.com at storyshedpod on Twitter and we have a Facebook page as well. At the end of this episode I will say a couple of hellos to one or two people who have got in touch recently. Okay, episode 26 of Storyshed coming up. This episode features a story called Jenny and the Giant. A little bit different, perhaps, to my normal stories. A bit more influenced by myths and the Iron Man and things like that. But I do hope you enjoy it. Let's open the door to the shed. Story Shed, episode 26, Jenny and the Giant. When the sun hangs low in the sky, when the birdsong begins to die, when the blue turns to a rusty red, when the air echoes words said. This is Jenny's favourite time of day. Stood on the rocks to feel the sea spray, barefoot on the sand, no one else on the beach, her house on the cliff, her family out of reach. Just her and Chester chasing gulls on the shore. I'll catch the next one, he thinks. Just one more. Chester bounces towards the cliff and out of sight. And then he comes tearing back, whimpering in fright. What is it, boy? Jenny asks, stroking the top of his head. Of course, the dog can't answer, just starts whining instead. Jenny looks towards the land, dotted with caves the rhythm of the sea behind her in gentle waves. What was that? Did something just move on the cliff? Chester bends low to the sand, his body goes stiff. There it is again. Something's definitely shifting, as if the very rocks themselves are up and lifting. Ignoring her stomach, filling with butterflies, Jenny heads to the cliff, continuing to rise. Chester follows slowly, ears flat to his head, wishing he was heading home instead. As they get closer, the sound of the rocks becomes louder, grinding, crunching, crumbling, filling the air with powder. And wait, is that a leg emerging from the land? It is, and another, two giant feet finding the sand. Jenny and her dog freeze, staring in utter shock as a body and two arms come out of the rock. And then finally, tearing free from the outcrop, a giant head with magnificent curls cascading from the top. The giant stands firmly in the sand. Her eyes look beyond the sea. Jenny dares not even to breathe, Chester so scared he does a wee. The giant sighs deeply before turning her gaze to the sand. Smiles widely at Jenny, leans down to offer her giant hand. Jenny can't find the words to speak. Her mouth is dry, her hands are sweaty, her legs weak. It's okay, 
the giant says. Her voice sounds like the ocean. Like wind through leaves, like the wings of a bird in motion. Both Jenny and Chester feel a sudden sense of calm, and they step onto the giant's outstretched palm. I'm Agatha, the giant begins. I'm one of two twins. And Agatha tells Jenny the story of her life, one sadly filled with unimaginable strife. In a time long forgotten, in a land to us unknown, amid thick forest in a house made of rugged stone, Agatha lived with her father, her mother and her brother Finn. Sadly, there was a deep jealousy that ran through her twin. Finn would always fight for their parents' attention, and between the twins there was always tension. Finn would be cruel, play tricks and ignore her sister, serve the family food but purposely miss her, cause damage in the house and give her the blame, threaten her with rocks and sticks and even flames. One day his jealousy went too far. He made a terrible choice that stole Agatha of her freedom, her future, her voice. Finn visited the witch who lived in the forest of black and paid her in gold to curse Agatha to never bring her back. So the witch turned Agatha to stone and banished her to the sky. Like a comet, she shot into space, soon unseen by naked eye. For time immeasurable, Agatha drifted through space, a permanent expression of shock fixed on her stony face. Until eventually she hurtled towards the planet Jenny calls home, and onto the beach she crashed to lie upon the shore all alone. Agatha formed a cliff, becoming part of the land. Grass grew on her back, her feet sank below the sand. Over the years, people came and went and came again, until Jenny and her family moved in nearby, and then... I wake, Agatha says to Chester and Jenny. I wake after years, who knows how many. It, it must mean that the witch is no more. The curse is broken, I can be Agatha as before. But, Jenny tries to speak, so many questions running through her head which she doesn't get to ask because they are suddenly distracted instead. Distracted by a huge noise from the sky. Distracted by lights blinding their eyes. A helicopter is hovering, three more in the distance, buzzing like flies. Jenny is scared, but she sees the sadness appear in Agatha's eyes. And she knows she has to help this giant just met. Help her escape this new and sudden threat. A mechanical voice booms from the air. We have you surrounded. Stay still. Step away from the beast, little girl. The word beast gives Jenny a chill. She doesn't see a beast. She sees someone afraid and far from home. She sees someone desperate not to spend the rest of her life alone. Jenny doesn't move. More helicopters hover low. Their part of the beach lit up in a stark, eerie glow. And then a heavy net is thrown over Agatha. She flails and twists. It tangles her, brings her to her knees, wraps round her wrists. Chester, Jenny shouts, tear at the net, help her out. 
Dutifully, the dog springs forward, leading with his snout. He gnaws at the net, tearing through the ropes, one by one. Agatha the giant lies still, waits until Chester is done, before bursting free, rising up and standing tall, ignoring the copters as if they weren't there at all. I need to head out there, beyond the waves where humans can't reach, Agatha says, looking past the horizon, an unimaginable distance from the beach. I need to find the tear in the sky that leads to my world. Above them, the helicopters menacingly whirl. We'll distract them, Jenny says, and you can run free. I owe you my life, Agatha says, bending on one knee. Go, Jenny whispers, find your home again. Before she turns, grabs Chester and then runs down the sand, waving and shouting as fast as she can. Two of the helicopters follow, tracking the girl like a wanted man. Agatha strides into the sea. The waves reach her knees. The other two helicopters she picks out of the air with ease, snaps the rotors, places them gently back on the beach, runs into the ocean, beyond the horizon and out of reach. Back on the headland, Jenny watches as Agatha disappears from view. Confident that the giant will find the tear in the sky and make it through. Back to the world in which she belongs, to a place where her heart can mend. In that giant, Jenny thinks, I saw no beast, no monster, I only saw a friend. Hello, girls. Hello. Hi. So, did you enjoy Jenny and the Giant? Yeah. Yes, I did do that. Okay. So, first of all, tell me about where Jenny lives. Where does Jenny live? On top of a mountain near the beach. On top of a cliff. <laughs> Good. And what's her what's her favourite time of day? Where, where do we, what time of day do we find her at the beginning of the story? The evening, and where the sky is pink. Super. What's your favourite time of day? When I well, when I'm very tired and I just get into bed. The first second I lie down. The same. Okay. <laughs> okay. What happens on the beach then? Jenny's walking with her dog Chester, and what happens on the cliffs? <gasps> A leg pops up, and then another leg. And then another uh, arm. And then another arm. And then head. And then eventually a whole giant's there. A whole giant. So a giant emerges from the cliffs. It's very big. (laughs) (laughs) Super. How would you feel if you were walking along the beach and suddenly the cliff turned into a giant? I'd run away. I would kind of... Well, I wouldn't... I would be too scared to even move. I would just be like this... And I'm scared of giants. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then, can you remember the name of the giant? What's the giant called? Agatha. And Agatha then tells her story, and it's quite a shocking story, isn't it? It's quite sad. What is... Can you sum up Agatha's story for me, girls? Uh, She lives in a cave with her family and twin brother, and then they always... well twin brother hates her basically and plays tricks on her all the time and the brother is really really mean 
and he asks a witch to curse Agatha and she turns to stone and then go and floats through space and lands on Earth and forms a cliff. Okay, and then as Agatha's telling her story, they're suddenly distracted by something. What are they distracted by? Helicopters! Yes. Big, wide helicopters. (laughs) Who do you think are in those helicopters? The police. Police or the army or something like that, yeah. Yes. Or maybe some one in one helicopter. There might be a news reporter. Okay. Why do you think the people in the helicopters call Agatha a beast? Why do they call her a beast? They shout down and say to they say to Jenny, "Step away from the beast." Why? Because they think because she's so big and tall, she's like a beast, and she's gonna hurt. But she's actually quite nice. (laughs) How do they try to trap Agatha? They put a net on top of her. And then how does she escape from the net? Uh, uh, The doggy bites through the net to get her. Oh, Oh, super. Um, Why do you think Jenny and Chester help Agatha? Why do they choose to help her? Because she was cursed and she's really nice and she's not mean. And she's not a beast. And so finally, if there's a message, is there a message behind this story? What do we think? Don't judge someone on their appearances. Even if they don't look like you, doesn't mean they're not nice. And they're they're not just rude, they're very nice to you. Yes, don't think they're going to be rude just because they're different to you. They could be nice. If you listen to them and you hear their story and you hear where they came from, you'll find out their story. There we go. Thank you, girls. Thank you very much for that. That was episode 26, Jenny and the Giants. Say bye-bye. Bye. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much to Ida and Belle, our little helpers there. Couple of shout outs to some people who've got in touch recently. Hello to the Porter family who are or were perhaps before Corona hit travelling Australia. Wow, I'm very jealous of that. Thanks for getting in touch, the Porter family. Neve, May, and Hazel, and Mum and Dad, of course. They say that Jose Noe is their favourite. And it definitely sounds like you have the spirit of Cece in you travelling Australia as a family. Fantastic. Also, hello to Phoebe from Oxfordshire. Thank you for leaving us a lovely review, Phoebe. It means an awful lot. And finally, hello also to Hope Monseth and her brother James, as well as Mum, Dre, listening from Maple Grove in Minnesota. They said that they had enjoyed the first two Movie Shed podcasts, as one of their favourite films is Box Trolls. And that was really lovely to hear. But just on that note, I'm afraid I'm going to have to shelve Movie Shed for the time being. I thought that perhaps lockdown would afford me more time to do podcasts, but that hasn't really been the case. Three children to homeschool, plus full-time job, plus story shed hasn't left me much time. So I will park Movie Shed for now and hopefully pick it up again in the future. But thank you for getting in touch. Hello to Hope. Hello to James. There we go. A bit of extra waffle in this episode, but I do hope you enjoyed Jenny and the Giant. See you next time on Story Shed. (laughs) 